Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about extending the game in Borderlands 3. We're letting the beginning menu for Borderlands 1 scroll to celebrate the remaster of Borderlands 1. And I am taking questions from the audience. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage. I'm probably live right now. That's typically when these hit the feeds. If you're listening to the audio only version, there may be uh, mid-roll ads periodically now, but I will always make sure those mid-roll ads land in between questions. These Q&A sessions can go longer than an hour to sometimes up to two hours. And the mid-roll ads are not going to be that intrusive, but they will happen from time to time. But I will always make sure they land in between questions. So, the first question coming in from uh, Lolita Android. Do you think having more than four characters from the start is a good idea? Uh, I see them most likely doing BL2 and releasing characters later on in the game's life. There was a certain level of disappointment that I experienced when I saw very clearly we were getting four characters at the beginning. I was hoping they were really going to blow us away and show like eight, six or eight, just like go down a line, be like, become a vault hunter today. Like whatever they do to like make it clear. These are vault hunters and just like, and we're like, Oh my gosh, there's so many. But I also just think that they know what works. And as I said in the talk, like do what works, just make it better. So my hope would be if you're not going to give us more than four at launch, maybe have more depth within each character's skill builds uh maybe the gear you can equip maybe the customization that way there is a sense of well there we're still starting with four characters but there's more depth here there's more there's more breadth and variety um that to me would be i think that would be exciting um so i would hope to see I would hope to see them do something along those lines. I was kind of disappointed. I was like, man, that would have been one really clear indication that you guys have ratcheted it up a notch if we got more than four characters at launch. But I kind of understand why they're doing it this way. Who knows? By the end of Borderlands 3 DLC lifecycle, what if they add a character every DLC so we end up with four new characters? I don't know. Maybe that's why they kept... Uh, it limited to begin with just kind of like elongating the value a little bit but I, I that was something that was one of the first things I was looking for honestly I was like I didn't say it because I hate setting expectations like that and then they're not met so I didn't say anything but I was like I really hope they show you know six to eight vault hunters right right away out of the gate um, but we don't know the full details and scope of playable characters and their builds and everything just yet evil the waffler Will you give us build guides and helpful hints for Borderlands? I mean, obviously when I'm replaying the game, I'll show you what I'm using and why I'm using it, why I pick certain characters, why I like Roland in Borderlands 1, and why I I think Axton's great in Borderlands 2 in the early game, but not so great in the late game. Why do I like Salvador so much? You know, Wilhelm or the Doppelganger or Claptrap in the pre-sequel. I could obviously try and help with build guides. The dilemma that is going to be there is, is there's so many different characters and so many different builds that I, I don't know how much time I'm going to dictate to these games because until the third one lands, I think interest will rise and fall very quickly. People are like, oh, it looks neat. Cool. I think a lot of folks are going to be like, been there, done that. I've seen people grind Borderlands 1 and 2. Are they really going to want to go the long haul in the distance with the streamer that's like, 
building elaborate builds and grinding and doing all the different things so we'll uh we'll see how that goes i've never been one to put a lot of work into build guides i get more into the the headspace of philosophy and design choices and and value and things like that i don't really typically get into the trenches of of build guides typically because there are usually much better videos than i can put together i don't have the time to edit and splice up and voice over like a YouTuber does because I'm streaming most of the time. So as a streamer, I try to repurpose the content and the time by doing what we're doing right now, which is more conversational. Big Time Killa. Historically, Borderlands game released in September. Do you think that the Borderlands 3 will be released then, sooner or later? Well, if the if the leaked release date is to be believed, then... September 13th is sort of the accidental tweet release date that we saw. So I would think that's a that's a good time. I don't know if they would do that as a joke and then that's not the release date. I think that would frustrate people. Um, I don't think that's a very... If that's an April Fool's joke, I don't think it's a very good one. Um, was it an intentional accident? That's possible. I also know it's very easy to accidentally send a tweet instead of schedule a tweet. I've actually done that myself. Um, so, and it definitely happened ahead of schedule. So it, it, it very easily could have been somebody, it very easily could have been somebody saying, hey, let's get this all scheduled and ready to go. And they, they bumped the send button. I've done that uh, on the scheduling tool that they used. You could see at the bottom of the tweet, it said that they used the ad composer to send it. So... Thief, should we try not to overhype the new Borderlands? Feels like a lot of games that have been super looked forward to die on release. Well, I mean, I don't necessarily think anybody's overhyping it. I think people have been anticipating it and they're excited to have one. I haven't seen a single person come out and say, it's going to be amazing. It's going to blow your mind. It's, it's going to be like the second coming. It's going to be messianic. It's going to save us. Like, I know people that are looking to looter shooters may look too strongly at this and they may end up feeling like they may end up feeling like it doesn't deliver. They may end up feeling like it, uh, it disappoints them, but I don't necessarily feel that the community's overhyping. I think we've been anticipating and I think because we've been anticipating, everyone's excited. I think hype is different than excitement. I think hype is usually when you're like, everybody needs to get this. It's going to be awesome. You're going to love it. Oh my gosh. I think most of us have just said, we can't wait. We're a huge fan of the franchise. We're very excited to play it. You should you should try out Borderlands 1 and the Handsome Collection. They're reasonably priced. They're getting their graphics updated. You know, dive in and play. Um, I think that that's 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 how I'm going to draw the difference. I think there's a difference between anticipation, like excitement, and hype. Um, so I don't feel like anybody's doing that right now, and I don't even think No Man's Sky was overhyped. I think No Man's Sky was mismarketed. I also think they needed a chance to delay the game after they had the water damage to their studio and they lost a bunch of work. Um, I I think a, a handful of things went wrong with No Man's Sky. I don't think it's as simple as, you know, I don't think it's as simple as, oh, you know, it was overhyped. Uh, next question. Ashen Annihilator. 
I loved Axton when I played on Xbox 360. Is he more viable now that there are more levels? I stopped after Tiny Tina's Castle. Axton just struggles when you roll the game over into another playthrough because what they do is is they make the enemies significantly stronger. So anytime you go up against a mini boss uh, or a full on boss, your your support your supportability your turret is supposed to be a significant part of your loadout. Okay, so the siren has her phase lock. You know the gunzerker can gr- literally heal himself, generate ammo, and pull two guns out. Right. Zero can go invisible and get all these health buffs and, you know, regen his health and get damage buffs. And the the turrets just get destroyed in the uh, in the extra playthroughs. Um, he doesn't struggle at all. It's a huge misconception. It's not a misconception. Any Anybody that talks about the extra playthroughs, like Ultimate Vault Hunter mode, his 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 turrets do not scale. They don't scale. They get destroyed right away. It's not a misconception. Like it's just an actual, like fact about scaling. Um, so, Axon is just wonderful in the early game. He's so so good in the early game. Uh, that's when I think he shines the best. I think once you get into the extra playthroughs, they just didn't scale his ability properly. So it just gets destroyed. Um, and I was unaware of this because I ran Axton with my wife. She was a siren. And the siren is so good at crowd control and keeping things and keeping things under wraps that the turrets... I didn't really realize the turrets were super, super, um, super, super weak uh, in the endgame. The turret is meant for distraction in the endgame. You need to learn where to put them. He's very strong at the endgame. Well, I have consistently said as many as well as many other people who play Borderlands that his turrets are very weak in the end game. Calling it a misconception's insulting, like we're stupid um, or we don't know how to use his turrets. So I think there's plenty of people who think otherwise. I guess we'll just have to agree to disagree that they didn't scale his turrets properly. Um, arguing that an offensive, you know, ability is meant to be used as a distraction, so you put it in different places, is honestly adding to my argument. Like, the fact that I have to use his turrets as a distraction, like fireworks, like, hey, go look over there, that's kind of lame. That's not how you use them up to that point. You use them offensively, you use them even kind of defensively. You don't use them as an aggro distraction. Um, Relegating them to aggro distraction kind of adds to what I'm saying, that they don't really do what they were doing all the way up to that point they feel pretty weak my cousin Vinny uh, what's your opinion on shift codes should I wait until the end game to use them or would it be better to use them as I go through it really is up to you they constantly give out shift codes so the what I always did with them is I would like wait every five levels and go pop a couple you know you end up with a bunch of them and you, if you use if you use all your shift codes in your level five, well, you're gonna have a bunch of level five gear that you just end up getting rid of very very quickly. Um, and you you really really are gonna be mad. You're gonna be like, oh my gosh, I used twenty keys, and like an hour later, <laughs> I'm leaving all that gear behind. You do level up pretty quickly in the early uh, in the early levels. Now, later in the game, you get a little bit more time out of the weapons. Like, you know, you're level 25, and you get some dope stuff. Well, then, you know, you're going to get a little bit more time out of that. But again, I just used a couple every so many levels. It's like a reward. Like, yes, I'm 15. Yes, I'm 20. You know, every five levels, I'd pop a couple. That can be nice to round out your gear. 
that can be kind of nice to round out your gear. Maybe you don't have a really good shield yet. Maybe you don't have a really good grenade yet. Um, the you know the the drops in the game sometimes cannot really you know kind of leave you leave you wanting, and then you can maybe get some good items from the chest. It's not the best source of gear though. You can get a lot of bad stuff like back to back. You know that you're not even looking for. It's still RNG. Ginger three hundred. Do you think that something like dungeons would work in Borderlands? I mean, that's essentially what raid bosses kind of were. They weren't they weren't like a dungeon that had to like, oh, you got to figure out the mechanics and do the thing and fight your way to the boss. It wasn't like that. Imagine the fight that you have in the dungeon in Destiny against that one ogre and you have to like kill the wizards. That's basically a raid boss in Destiny. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, in Borderlands. That's basically a raid boss. A big strong guy and a somewhat simple mechanic to stay alive and do damage. But there's not like this huge lead up to it. Now, some of the missions are structured like dungeons. There were missions and there were areas during Tiny Tina's DLC where it was tough. You're going into areas, there's waves of enemies, you gotta survive, you know, then there's a boss at the end. It's 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 structured in a way that I think you'll you'll enjoy the quest pacing. But but dungeons in Borderlands, I would be interested to see what their interpretation of that would look like because a lot of Borderlands is not super mechanically heavy even in some of their most challenging boss fights, the mechanics were somewhat simplistic because again it's a it's a pretty linear shooter. You don't have a lot of the mobility. Uh, you're kind of, you know, you're staying on the ground and jumping a little bit. So I would be interested to see how they apply some of that mechanical pain if they decided to do a dungeon or maybe a raid boss that has like a raid leading up to it. You know, miniature bosses, mini bosses, mechanics, puzzles, whatever. Evil the Waffler, do you think Borderlands 3 challenges Destiny? If so, how? I don't necessarily think that these styles of games compete as much as people think they do. When they initially launch, sure. But Borderlands, more than likely, Borderlands 3 will be a linear style game that is then replayed and looped through. And I think Destiny players will like it. I think it is still it is still to this date one of the best, if not I think it's probably the best looter shooter out there. Division two has done a good job, but it's min maxing, so if you don't really like min maxing, division two kind of falls flat for you. Maybe you like min maxing, but you hate cover based uh, shooters. Um, so I, I think that uh, Borderlands still stands as the quintessential looter shooter. And even as it stands very strong in its value, and as it stands very strong with those those things I've just said, I, I still I still don't think Destiny players are gonna play this game and be like, I'm done with Destiny. It's not it's not that come back and check on the weekly updates, daily updates, bounties. There's something there's always gonna be something special about Destiny with that regard. The rhythm of the game, the 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 updates, the weekly resets, the, you know, and the drip feed content I think has has fed into that very, very well. Um, I also think the satisfaction that comes from shooting guns in Destiny and using your abilities and your supers is a very different form of satisfaction than the way you feel in Borderlands. So I don't necessarily think it's going to have a permanent influence on Destiny. Initially, these games always do. 
Division comes out, there's a dip in Destiny. Red Dead Redemption 2 came out, there was a dip in Destiny. New games just tend to do that, and especially if they're loot-based. That's just going to be something that happens. Uh, Big Time Killa, what Borderlands 2 location do you think could be revisited in Borderlands 3? Well, th- all the locations could be, con- you know, revisited. I-, I don't necessarily know. I could see us going back to the wildlife uh, exploitation reserve or preserve. I can see us going back there to research what Handsome Jack did with the Iridium because I I have a theory that the two sirens, if they are sirens, the twins, are maybe potentially the result of his experimentation. Um, so... Given given that reality, I think that we could go back there for you know research purposes. Outside of that, I don't know if they want to repurpose and reuse areas. I'm open to pretty much any of it. Uh, that'd be a pretty good way to bolster the size of the game with future DLC. You you know you could you could have headhunter packs that take you to those old locations. You've already got those old locations built. They just serendipitously took the Handsome Collection up to 4K with the texture update, which would make it look and line up with the quality of Borderlands 3. So maybe that's one of the reasons they did it, was it was a way to make the new game look good, but also dress up the old game, and then maybe they could do like a Headhunter pack where you go back to the Wildlife, ex- the wildlife Exploitation Preserve. Maybe there's something crazy, some enormous you know, skag or something or rack that grew there and you go back and fight it. All those iconic locations could be revisited, you know, to go back and and fight them again. New bosses and enemies, obviously. Hot like robot. Would, uh, who will you be playing, uh, for your playthrough of BL1 pre-sequel BL2? Well, BL1, it'll be Roland. BL2, it'll be Salvador. For the pre-sequel, I'll have to look at the skill trees again to make a decision. Um, thank you, uh, Stupocalypse, for 12 months of subs. That's a red badge. I'll have to look at the skill trees again. I remember liking Wilhelm, Claptrap, and the Doppelganger. I remember liking them and them being really, really fun. But I'll have to look and see. Uh, MK99Games, what is your opinion on Borderlands 3 mod support? I don't know if they're going to do it. People in chat were saying if it's exclusive to the Epic Store, then if it's exclusive to the Epic Store, then we're, we're, we're thinking that it might not have mod support, because I don't think there's a there's a mod support orchestra, architecture built for the Epic Store yet. That doesn't mean they can't do it, but for now, I would say I wouldn't hold your breath on that. Susano. I love a loot-based game, but why do people always refer to Borderlands when it comes to looting gameplay? Is it that good? I mean, this is the game that started it all. This is the game that started it all. I will never forget the footage that sold me on the franchise. It was right here in the beginning where you go through that alleyway and you're following Claptrap. And the guy had a gun that looked cool and cartoony and comic booky. It was a red, it was a red pistol and it had a s- scope on it. And the guy brought it up to Zoom, okay? He brought it up to Zoom in, in the clip and he shot a guy and I saw numbers pop up. And I was like, I have to play that 
game. I, it was the first of its kind in many respects. A looter shooter. A Dia- It was Diablo with guns. I saw it was an article or something described it as Diablo with guns. And I had I was a huge fan of Diablo at the time. And I was like, I have to play that game. That looks awesome. The art style looked really cool. And seeing numbers pop up on an enemy getting shot was just, to me, so inviting. So inviting. I wasn't even infatuated with the loot. I wasn't even infatuated with the loot at the time. It was, I can use a gun and it's like an RPG? What the frick? That sounds amazing. I was sold from that moment on. And this, that, that idea, that's why you have Destiny. That's why you have Division. That's why you have Anthem. You know, this is, you know, Borderlands is the Beatles to a certain extent, right? Like all your modern rock and roll, you know, stemmed from and was influenced by the Beatles and your, your modern, you're now, you're now mainstream looter shooters they they got their inspiration and they got their 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 ideas from Borderlands. And obviously the the color structure of the loot and everything and loot dropping and the numbers that's obviously influenced by Diablo, but up to that point there really wasn't anything like Borderlands out. And it stands the test of time. Like they're still very very good games. They aged they have aged phenomenally well. It's 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 rare to have games that age this well. Evil the Waffler. Is there any good ways to prepare for the third difficulty in Borderlands? I mean, to prepare for difficulty, the only thing you can think about is is your loadout, you know, solid. Is your skill tree built in a way that's going to work in, you know, harder content? If you had like a goofy build and you haven't kind of gone back and combed over it and cleaned it up a bit, you could look at that. You know, there's not a lot you can do other than if you're max level, farm for max level, you know, uh, guns that are going to be really helpful. Like, uh, I don't know in regular Borderlands what you would even farm for. I didn't farm for weapons in Borderlands 1. That was something I did in Borderlands 2. So... By the way, if you're tuning in and you're new to the stream, this is something that I do with my content. Uh, typically, I would be doing gameplay right there, like playing while taking your questions. We pick a topic, we talk about it, then we take questions. I will be playing through all of the Borderlands games with my wife. If you enjoy the interactive radio style, I do this in a lot of games, Borderlands being my favorite franchise. This is what I started with when I started streaming four years ago. If you like the style of the content, click the follow button. That is a free and easy way to support my stream. Uh, Dark Knight says, do you think that base characters will have the same style as the other two games? Well, there's been a siren in every game, for the most part. I mean, there wasn't really, I guess there wasn't a siren in the pre-sequel. Because Athena, I guess Athena was the closest thing to a siren, right? Because she could, like, summon the red shield. It was kind of like a siren ability, a little bit. Um the sheriff wasn't but the but Athena was somewhat similar to a siren but she had Lilith Maya and now we have I forget her name the new uh, the new siren so but as far as base characters I mean I I guess they all kind of did that you had the soldier in BL1 and BL2 you had the the spammy crazy guy with Salvador and Brick um, yeah, the sniper base class, like with Mordecai and Zero, but Zero also had melee builds that were really, really strong. Her name's Amara. Got it, Amara. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of sense that a little bit when you watch the trailer, you know? You're, you've got a Beastmaster who can summon, summon like, a helper, 
Well, you had Gage and you had the doppelganger, so that you know the summoner, the beastmaster. You've got the the tech oriented person. She can pull out, you know, a mech suit and a and a big giant tire, and then you know the doppel. The, I'm sorry, uh, Wilhelm had all of his his really cool tech stuff. There wasn't really a tech oriented person in Borderlands Two. I mean, Axon had his turret, so I guess you'd kind of include that, similar to the soldier. Um, and then you have the siren, and then you have Zane, who people are theorizing that Zane is uh, Timothy Lawrence. Um, you know, Timothy Lawrence is Jack's doppelganger in the pre-sequel, and he has like he can summon a decoy, and Zane can summon a decoy. We don't know what else what else Zane can do, but summoning a decoy is something that has been around for a while. You know, Zero did it, the doppelganger did it. But there, uh, and there wasn't necessarily a decoy in Borderlands One, but you could kind of do that style of play with uh, with Lilith with disappearing. So there's similar threads and themes between the characters in all the games, but I wouldn't say that the base characters are the same style. Uh, Waffle Pwn says, "How do you think Battleborn will affect the class design in Borderlands Three? No idea. I mean, I don't know. I didn't play enough Battleborn to speak to this definitively. Battleborn just did not land on me as a PvE game. My wife and I tried it one night and we just didn't like it. We played for 45 minutes on a mission and we failed to protect some eagle and this eagle guy. And since we failed to protect him, we failed the mission. There were no checkpoints. We had lives. We knew what we were doing, and like we ran out of time or something stupid, and it was 45 minutes down the drain. We didn't unlock the character. I just never went back to Battleborn after that. I was like, this game's bad. I just, it just, it was a great, great idea, and it was, the classes were cool, art style was awesome, but it just didn't work. It just wasn't a fun, wasn't a fun game. Uh, More chips and cheese. What is the playthrough time for Borderlands 1 2 at DLC? If the release is in September, we have enough time to enjoy the original content. I mean, yeah, you've got five months if it lands in September. I think five months is plenty of time. If you take each game and you give it a month, that's that's a lot of time. I mean, yeah. If you're if you're playing even if you're playing casually, you're doing resets, you're doing the DLC, you got plenty of time. I would even consider putting buffer between each game so you don't get burned out and give yourself some buffer before Borderlands 3 comes out if you play every single game every square inch and then Borderlands 3 comes out you might be like dude I'm sick of Borderlands um, I did that with Assassin's Creed I played I, I, I hadn't touched an Assassin's Creed and then I played through all of them one then two then Brotherhood and then when I got to the one after Brotherhood I was just like can't do this anymore I'm burned out um, so maybe give yourself a bit of a break in between each game um, or even before BL3, you dive in, you know. Uh, maggot food with three months. Thank you. Peter Four Leader says there are a lot of dates in the Flame Rock town uh, in Borderlands 2. Any chance a release date gets hidden during the re release tomorrow? Love the shirt. Oh, in Tiny Tina's DLC, there's a lot of dates in the Flame Rock town. I don't. I didn't even. I didn't even think about that. Thank you for the comment on the shirt. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That, that, that'll that be something we'll have to go look at and see. I don't know. 
Evil the Waffler. I'm afraid they will sell the gold keys as micros. What are your thoughts? I I don't know. Randy Pitchford, I think, has been on record as being very anti-micro. I don't think he's a huge fan of micros, so I wouldn't imagine that would become a thing. Shift codes and shift keys. I mean, you heard him mention that on uh, during the PAX presentation. They have loved doing that. That's like a cool thing they like to do. It's like their own little fun thing that they do. I don't think they're, they're going to want to sully that with uh, with micros. I, I think that would be uh, that would be a very very strange decision. Uh, unk, unk, unwits. Sorry, unwits. I think untwisted. Unwits. Um, do you think BL3 is going to have multiple ways to grind or do you think it's going to be the same 60 hour story as the other two games not complaining on what we got just seeing if you think uh, if you think they'll expand well I mean here's the thing I think one of the reasons games like this work is the replay value is in some ways is in some ways related to the length of the story, right? Are you really going to want to run back through a a hundred hour campaign, right? Are you going to want to run through a hundred hour campaign? Well, maybe not, you know, are you going to want to replay the, the entire, and then multiple characters too, right? Um, I would say I would say you just got to be careful with this because you you can really burn people out I think not intentionally but you can burn people out because you want to have a sense this is the you want to have a sense in which you say okay I am about to restart the campaign and I'm excited about that not Oh man, we got to start all the way over. You know what I'm saying? And so I wonder if there's value in having a good sized campaign, but not a ridiculously sized campaign. I don't know. I, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking long term here. I could be wrong. People maybe just love the idea of replaying because they're like, dude, I completely forgot what the beginning of the game was like. Oh my gosh. I forgot about this area and that area and these enemies and that areas. So, um, yeah, you don't you don't want to feel a sense of dread. So, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I, I do think there's a danger in making the campaign too too long because of replay value. But my concern may be stupid because maybe that's actually really really good. Um, you know, Peter Iliak. How do second and third playthroughs work on the same character? Is it just harder enemies, and you keep the skills? Yes. Yes, your level doesn't change, your gear doesn't change, your skills don't change. In fact, you keep leveling up so you can spend more skill points and you and you and you keep getting stronger. And then like a you know, a marauder will be called something else. He'll have a different name. He'll have, you know, the 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 badass skags will be called something else. Their names will be different. Uh, the loot drops and their and the loot has different names and is obviously stronger. So it's definitely a re- it's really, really fun way to get value out of the game. I remember the first... Listen, here's the thing. I remember the first time I did that in Borderlands 
we were like, oh, you can replay? Huh. And we're like, oh, the stuff's dropping. And the first time we saw an enemy with a different name that looked different, we were like, what the frick? We were so excited. It was such a cool moment for me and my buds playing through BL1. Gale play. Um, do you think something like random enemy placement could work in Borderlands to give it more longevity? I mean, if they do like a rift system, like randomly generated environments, randomly generated like fights and stuff, like for vaults, there the lore could work. Vaults defend themselves. Vaults have things that you know keep you from getting inside, and going back in over and over again could yield you know different enemies different mini bosses different bosses as a way of the vault protecting itself and we could basic they could basically even say something like you know vaults vault set up security measures that once satisfied stay open for a certain amount of time but then they close again and we can we can go back in and try again but then everything is different tanis could even weave that in and say this new technology we have with vault keys simulates it's a vault key simulator it simulates the passing of time and it basically tells the vault to open even though it hasn't been a thousand years and in and in doing so you activate defense mechanisms that spawn random enemies and random bosses and stuff so it would be like a rift system in diablo you could rerun it over and over again and the loot's different the enemies are different you know i just don't know if that's how they're going to want to do it or set it up they certainly could do it that way but it would be a great way of extending the game beyond the vanilla release soil do you think the amount of content at release will live up to the new standard of division 2 set the content uh, where all the content of the game came out at release well I mean I don't know dude I feel like the curtains getting pulled back a little bit on division just a little bit the curtains getting pulled back the map is good size very good size map but that's it that's all you get and the replaying of the world tiers is really fast so you're kind of only replaying the vanilla division experience okay I happen to think that Borderlands 3 is going to have more vanilla content than division more diverse vanilla content than division and since you're going to replay that vanilla content in Borderlands I I would that's just a guess but that's what you're doing in division Every world tier is you just clearing a section of the map. You already did all that. The bo- the enemies are a little bit different, and the and the drops are cooler. It's the same principle in Borderlands. It's the same exact principle. You're just not min-maxing. Lex Loot Ho. I like Lex Luthor. I love it. I love this name. Uh, do you think there may be more drip feed content in Borderlands 3 via shift codes? Look, shift codes are just for fun. You know, they do the skins, they do the cosmetics, they do, uh, you know, they do guns out of a chest that are random. I, I, I'm not, I'm not thinking. I'm not gonna think too long and hard about the shift system and what it does to the game. I, I, that's generally how it's always been utilized. Um, I can't see them going beyond that you know to too great of a degree um just because the the shift codes aren't meant to be a centerpiece of content shift codes are meant to be like a hey we got this cool thing for you to do put this code in and then it'll spit out something random um it's a good way it's a good way uh for them to get you to pick up the game and play some more you know 
you've not played in a while, they start giving out shift codes. You can go in, see if you can get some good loot. Um, you know, I, th- I think, I think it's a great way to kind of like inject some life in a dry spell. They do a bunch of shift codes. They do a big seasonal thing. I don't know. Christmas shift codes, stuff like that. Butterfly Tsunami. I love that name. Will you still purchase the game if it is an Epic exclusive at first? Listen, I, I, I think I need to do a talk about this. I really do. I, I don't understand the trouble. I don't understand the drama. You know, I Epic exclusive question mark. I, I don't understand why people care. Right? Um, I just don't. I don't know why people care about that. I think the stuff about them scanning the, the 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 your hard drive and stuff, I think that got blown out of proportion. I didn't see anything anything significant or or vetted that talked about this intrusion on your computer. Um, the Epic Store gives developers a better revenue share. It has crossplay built into the architecture. Why do you care? If you're if if they do this, I don't know if they're going to do crossplay, but if they want to do crossplay, Epic lets them do it. It's built in. You can play with your buddy on Xbox if you're playing on PC. I I do not understand why people care about this. It blows my mind. It really does. Um Epic isn't crossplay though. It's the devs. No, that's not correct. That is not correct. Epic has built an infrastructure for crossplay. They have said anyone who uses their platform, that infrastructure is built to interface with all the other platforms. So when you add somebody to the Epic launcher, those games can plug in and say, yep, if you add somebody on the Epic launcher and they're playing on the PlayStation or they're playing on the Xbox or PC, they will show up as an invitable player. They have built that infrastructure. So, an Epic is spyware. Again, I didn't see anything that was vetted or verifiable from a from a, a good source that said it was spyware. I know that it scanned your Steam friends list if you told it to, and I think maybe people got mad because I think it did it without your permission, and people got mad about that. I thought they fixed that right away. I don't know the full scope and story of Epic's launcher scanning your stuff, but I do know that the infrastructure is there for crossplay and they give developers more revenue share. So, it seems to me that the Epic launcher is both pro gamer and pro developer, so maybe we should stop being tribalistic and and silly about the platform that the game launches on. Maybe, just maybe. It's a, sl- it's a light suggestion that I'm giving you. <laughs> Evil the Waffler, what do you think uh the changes made to Borderlands personal uh, they sound great, but almost like a different game. What do you think do the changes made to Borderlands? Oh, what do I think that they've done? Uh, you gotta, you gotta proofread your questions, homie. Uh, we don't know about changes that they've made yet. We don't like we we we're not really sure if. Uh... Randy tweeted they have a keen interest in crossplay. Yeah, I I uh, I think that they they're interested in it so I, I would I would think it would be something that they would do if it's possible if PlayStation plays ball you know if PlayStation wants to play ball I don't know did they ever put Borderlands on the Switch yet has that happened um is, is, has that happened I feel like the game would scale to the Switch 
And if that was the case, then they could do the same thing they did with Fortnite. Microsoft and Nintendo could play ball with crossplay to put pressure on Sony again. Um, so it's not yet on the Switch. Shoot. See, I feel like it could scale to the Switch very, very well. So we'll have to wait and see if that's a possibility. I feel like that would be a really, really big win for the franchise. Um, can you imagine cross save and being able to bring your freaking Switch with you on a trip and grinding for loot on the airplane? Oh my gosh. Because you could play offline? That'd be freaking dope. Oh, what a dream come true that would be. I didn't I wouldn't even care about the graphics being scaled down. I wouldn't care. <laughs> I wouldn't care. It'd be awesome. I just wonder if they can scale it down to run on the Switch. Um now there's a rumor. There's a rumor that stronger um stronger Nintendo Switch versions are coming out. So it's possible they could launch on that instead. So maybe that's why there hasn't been any announcement or even hinting at Nintendo Switch Borderlands launch. It could maybe be landing on a stronger version of the Nintendo Switch that's coming out that has the processing power to run a scaled version of Borderlands or maybe even a 4K version. I don't know. That would be wild. That would be insane to have something that strong in your hand. Um, Giggity. So, next question from Lex Loot Ho says, Favorite DLC in the Borderlands franchise? In the whole franchise, I'm going to go with Tiny Tina's DLC. I'm in good company there. A lot of people are going to pick her DLC. If if I go back to BL1, Nox's Armory, I, I will never forget hours and hours my friend and i would literally just have conversations and just shoot the bull just being in that armory opening every single chest and doing the med the med pack glitch um to get down uh to get down through the floor uh tiny tina was a game in itself yeah yeah when they had um leak not leaks when they were rumoring their announcements at pax and they had pictures of an ampersand like the and symbol that's what an ampersand is like dungeons and dragons i thought they were hinting at a tabletop game bunkers and badasses i honestly thought that's what they were hinting at the tea party game looks cool i ordered one i'm kind of excited to play that and I'll, you know i teach my daughter how to play it it'll be fun but man what a go- what a cool game that would be uh, I was so surprised they didn't do that. That's what I thought those ampersand uh, tweets were about. So, um, yeah, but I'm going to go, I would go with Tiny Tina's uh, DLC. Now, after Tiny Tina's DLC, I thought the best environment as far as look and feel was Hammerlock. Those areas were so cool. Fan boats, loved it. I didn't like the boss fights. The raid boss in that in that DLC was garbage. Literal. Uh, garbage it was so bad um and then oh and i loved i loved this the music and the 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 like the tone of the pirate dlc loved it i love that the um and then what was the what was the other one there was uh oh torgs i mean torgs was probably easily easily the funniest that was just that was such a funny I I love that entire one was so funny we laughed the whole time uh, every time we played Torgs so Torgs was like really good for humor there was a little bit more Tiny Tina in Torgs DLC what's up sucker like she you know she comes out of her little uh, her little RV and uh, yeah so the, Torgs had the best humor Hammerlocks had the best like the best change in environments um, as far as like I just thought that the, the areas were cool and like murky and neat feeling 
Uh, the the pirate one, I think the pirate one probably had one of the best um, one of the best like the music and that that feel. You know, it felt like we were really in a pirate area. But Tina's just takes the cake. It's just got it's got everything. The setting change is great. The music is great. The enemy changes are awesome. The story is is phenomenal. The fights are really really good. Um, so. L360. Do you think Borderlands 3 will or should have need dedicated servers or peer-to-peer like D2, especially if they want to have it uh, X-Play, or will local like existing games? I don't know how much they need to change there. I don't know how much they need to change there, honestly. I I, I think it ran fine. If you're not in a peer, if you're not in a player versus player environment, I think having a host just works. It's not that big of a deal. It isn't that big of a deal. The only time having a host is problematic. Excuse me. The only time having a host is problematic is when you're um, when you're in when you're in uh, player versus player environments because connection integrity just suffers dramatically. Um, it, it ends up being it ends up being you know kind of kind of frustrating if you're not host. People can get your IP and all that, so it can be pretty bad. So. If you're here live right now and you've enjoyed this conversation, this talk, be sure to click the follow button. Many more of these to come. Lots of Borderlands content. Uh, so I hope you guys have enjoyed this. I've really been enjoying doing this in Borderlands, my favorite franchise. Clicking that follow button is a free way to support me. Ginger 300 says, Do you think the Borderlands 3 needs to get with the times in terms of gunplay and movement? Don't get me wrong, I love Borderlands 1 and 2, but Destiny has ruined me in terms of how nice the game feels to play. Well, you, listen, you have to understand something. Part of the charm of this game is the guns feeling sort of wild. And I don't want that, you don't want to lose that wildness because guns feel like destiny, right? The bandit guns that, you know, the the crazy guns that are like bucking like a Bronco. You can't capture Destiny's gunplay with guns that shoot swords or guns that you're like cranking. It's like it's like spinning up. You can't really capture that feel of Destiny with guns that are this nuts. And so I don't think you you want to push back on that. I think that's that's part of the charm. Part of that charm. Because then when you do get some of the SMGs that are like a laser beam, like and it's like and they like the Hyperion ones get really, really accurate the longer you shoot them. Those are then standouts for that specific thing. You're like, oh, this is a great weapon. Hyperion SMGs are the best for when you're down but not out. Because you're hip firing and they get super accurate just by shooting them. So there's different, you know, there's different things like that that emerge because you have such a dynamic weapon system. So Soil 660. How big of a part uh, do you think Tiny Tina will play in Borderlands 3? I think she's going to be a quest giver. She'll be a main part of the story. Uh, somebody theorized last night on the Rageless Roundtable, she'll become playable at a later time. I don't want her or Torg to be playable. I don't. I worry about comedic value getting squandered by somebody that's going to say over and over, Headshot, sucker! Headshot, sucker! Like, do you really want to hear her say that 1,000 times? Like, Handsome Jack's voice lost some of its punch and power for me when I played as the doppelganger in the pre-sequel. You know, it's just he he I don't know, comedy's all about timing and I've made this reference before. Kramer was funny in Seinfeld, George was funny in Seinfeld because they had their place and their they had they they came in small doses. An entire, right? An entire 
uh, show centered around George or Kramer wouldn't work. Now, somebody's like, well, what about Curb Your Enthusiasm? Well, Curb Your Enthusiasm was centered around Larry David, who is essentially George Costanza, but again, it was done in a way where there was a really, really great supporting cast and watching him interact with everybody was like the centerpiece of the show. But my point is, is that I would worry about the comedic value of Tiny Tina being diminished and that her her punch and her solvency as a comedic character would go down if she was playable. Same thing with Torg. Torg, you could get away with it a little bit more because he's crazy and he's over the top. So hearing him scream all day wouldn't be much different than what he does anytime he talks to you. One of Tina's comedic values is she'd come out of you know she'd come out of nowhere and be like you know burn all the babies. She would say stuff like that, and you're like, this she is freaking insane. Um, and I think that you, you lose that if she becomes playable. Captain Catnip says, you mentioned in your talk at the DLC structure BL3 may use, do you think they will stick to their roots with space DLC or pivot more to live game model, uh, which would benefit the game more in your opinion? I actually argued for a blend. I think a blend would be good. If, like I said, if you took all those headhunter packs and you use those as filler in between those DLCs to spread them out, so it almost kind of felt like the headhunter packs were a little bit like the annual pass in Destiny, like just rhythmic content in between the big DLCs, that would be a nice hybrid of what they've done before and what some companies are now doing with live service models. That'd be a pretty good blending of the two. I don't think you want to jettison what they did in the past and go towards live service model unless it's super, super similar and very clear that it's still Borderlands. My, that would be my main concern, though. Is it, is it going to feel like Borderlands if you do this? Um, that'd, be my, that'd be my worry. So... Again, if you've enjoyed this 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 question and answer talk, this interactive radio show, I appreciate it. If you're new to the stream, a lot of Borderlands streams in my future. This is something I do as a segment while I stream. I'm not just gonna like play a game of like, come watch me play. I try and give you a place to interact, submit questions, your name shows up on the screen, we pick a topic. It's like an interactive radio show. I'm not just gonna stream a game, I'm gonna try and give you something for your time. I do this in Destiny, Anthem, Division, and I will be doing it in Borderlands. If you like the content, click follow is a free way to support me that's the little heart button if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can always catch me live twitch.tv slash say no to rage i'm probably live right now i am going to keep streaming to the live audience so don't go anywhere but if you're listening in all the other locations i appreciate that very much please like share and subscribe